Have you ever wondered why some business people are more successful than others? Welcome to The Mentor List, a source of sound advice with your host, David Lewis. The Mentor List specializes in interviews with top business minds. Listen to their stories, list their habits, and most importantly, gather their advice for your career. This is The Mentor List. Hi, welcome to today's show. We're having a chat with John Drury. John is a powerful presenter, trainer, facilitator, mentor, and author. His painful personal experience with burnout and subsequent recovery while in a senior leadership role motivated him to start helping other high achievers, business owners, corporate execs, and leaders in similar positions to turn their personal and professional lives around. Since 2010, John has helped hundreds of busy people on the brink of burnout to integrate their work with their personal lives. Through his guidance and proven whole-of-life methodology, they've gone on to successfully pursue audacious business goals and build and implement healthy and holistic lifestyles. Work-life balance is certainly not what John's about. Work-life integration, as you'll soon hear, is, I guess, the catchphrase. So John shares a very honest and confronting story of his own struggle with work-life integration. He's a firm believer that it's possible to achieve extraordinary success and build a great lifestyle without having to neglect what's precious to you personally. So I hope you enjoy today's honest and real conversation with John Drury. Welcome John Drury to the mentor list today. Thank you. It's great to be here. Well, it's great to have you on and um, yeah, looking forward to sort of getting into work-life balance and work-life integration and probably a topic that uh, many of the listeners, I know I certainly have balanced the scales many times in different ways. And mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I think we might just start off with launching in with if you could share the listeners a, a bit about yourself and a bit about your story. Certainly can. I... Well, I'll start at a place where I, I feel like I've been a high achiever. I always did well at school, well at sport, and then became the leader of whatever group I was in, whether it's a cricket team or we had a, a music group that I was the leader of and we ended up doing some albums and being full-time even for a year at one stage. It was a gospel music group. And most things I put my hand to, we, we decided to do a musical and we ended up with 80 people involved and sound and lighting crews and took it all, all over New South Wales. I realized, I didn't realize at the time, but looking back, I realized that I got used to whatever I did went well. So I, what, I, what I've come to call high achievers, I identify with that kind of group who get confident in their ability, who try things and expect them to work. And that, that was certainly my background and my upbringing. I'm not trying to boast. I'm just describing yeah. what was. And the, the strength of that is you end up getting good jobs. You do well at, uh, in uh, academically. You can pursue a career or pursue a direction really well. The challenge for it, especially for me, was that, that you get used to being able to wing it and make things work no matter what. So as life got more complex, as I you know, got married, I became, uh, I was strongly involved in, in, as a Christian and, and so I became a pastor in a church and this is after doing a year of travel and a bunch of things at uni and stuff. So I actually started a church. I didn't just take over a church. I, I started a group with 15 people and, and I, over a period of time built that to over a thousand people and uh, 
lots of young people, lots of innovative things we were trying and all of that. But along the way, as life got more complex and, and me being pretty self-reliant and used to working it out myself, the challenge was uh, I was busily helping other people and seeing good success in most things I did and in my family life and my uh, three daughters, beautiful girls, they're all married now, they're, they're uh, older. So lots of successes and lots of good things. But I, I started to hit some limits in terms of my capacity and wasn't used to that. So getting drained emotionally and what, trying to work out what that was because I'd been spending myself serving others. Yep. And when, when you're spending yourself at work and then spending it, you come home and there's demands and we're building a house and we're financially, you know, there's not much money in being a pastor, but despite what, despite what some people think, so <laughs> I, we were always financially tight. And so the complexities and the pressures of life and then working in a marriage, I, I love my wife, but we had a marriage that was reasonably hard work to keep going. I was very busy with other people and didn't have a lot left over at home and my wife rightly expected more and I, I didn't, we didn't handle that very well so there's some conflict to deal with there. So look, telling you all of that, I ended up in a place where I would get to a day off after working very hard, spending probably 60, 70 hours a week doing, you know, doing lots of things, serving people and we're doing things locally, nationally and internationally in leadership development, community development. But I, I'd get to day off and I'd, I'd forgotten how to relax. I yeah. didn't know how to unwind. I didn't know what to do with myself. I would be fidgety and restless and grumpy and negative. And, and I used to play music. I used to play sport. But I got so busy I wasn't doing those things regularly. I wasn't as fit physically as I used to be. And so um, busy, busy, busy everywhere demand lots of demands some conflict at home which to be honest i think i then worked harder because it was easier to work than it was to face the conflict yeah sure <laughs> and so i was hitting some limits in my life and didn't handle them very well probably for the first time and this is at around age in my early 40s seeing good success most people wouldn't have known except for my wife my daughters probably were aware of some some challenges but i knew but I didn't know what to do about it, so I just pressed on. And now working as a, as a business mentor now, working with corporate executives and business owners, who, again, I would see as in that category of high achievers, I see so many who are going for it, going, you know, driven, passionate, <laughs> wanting to be successful, working really hard, and then lots of things, lots of expectations of their lifestyle and their family and doing things in all kinds of great ways, but never, not, in danger of not looking after themselves and not realizing how how close they are to to I guess we call it burnout, but I, I don't I still don't fully understand what that is. Yeah. So that's a bit of my background. I, I ended up my marriage didn't didn't survive, and I, I had to resign from my, my role as a pastor. It took me about twelve months to regroup, and then a couple of years to rethink what I'm doing with my career. I ran a small business for a while and found I did that really well. And then I, then I moved into consulting and starting to, to help business owners grow their businesses. And then I realized that my, my real strength is working with high achievers in terms of their own direction, their self-leadership, uh, making sure their life is working as well as their business life is working. So I, I call myself a business mentor now, but 
working with business owners and corporate executives. Yeah, great. So, so twelve. You, you mentioned sort of twelve months where you're sort of in this period of you know you, you've hit your limits and I don't know. I mean, things have sort of fallen over, and so yeah, that must have been a sort of tough time, especially for a high achiever to. Um, I guess that's yep. sort of now a public thing as well. It's very public. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was ostracized and isolated and didn't know which way was up in lots of ways. I really didn't realize until that period how lost I'd become and yeah. how dis- disconnected from me I'd become. I'd become a professional functionary, which is what a lot of business people I, I, I work with now uh, would relate to that. They're, prof- they're functioning well, they're working hard, they've just tough it, tough it out. <laughs> yeah. But they become a professional functionary, not necessarily realizing how how unhealthy they are emotionally or spiritually. We don't even understand what that is often now. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is, I was supposed to be a spiritual leader, giving direction to people, and, and I actually lost my way, which confused me terribly. And it took me about twelve months just to get my bearings, and then probably another three years to to find my way out of that. And some of the keys to, to finding my way out of it were actually much simpler than I thought. But, but. Well, we better, <laughs> you better share them before <laughs> I... <laughs> okay. Well, it's fascinating because I ended up on my own in a flat, separated from my wife, not sure how to fix that or whether I wanted to. My daughters didn't know how to relate to me because I'd fallen from a high position socially to a, you know, a person that people felt betrayed by, that I let them down, and they felt that. I was living on my own, working a part-time job just for cash flow, and I started to exercise. I joined an exercise class three days a week. Right. I hadn't done that for regularly for probably 20 years. Yeah, and I was surprised how after the first three weeks of being very painful, <laughs> muscles getting used that hadn't been used for a while, I was surprised how much stress got released through through my exercise. I'd come home from the session really spent physically, but emotionally, it was, it was a stress release. And as I did that, I began to look forward to that. And it was good for my physical health. Within three months, I was quite physically fit, probably more so than I'd been for. 20 years right and as a youngster i was i was a sportsman as a in high school years and playing all kinds of sports so doing regular sport release of stress physically getting fit feeling good about my body again and then the emotional health that came with that surprised Mm -hmm. me yeah and since i've done a lot of reading on this and there's there's a lot of research that tells you that there's a strong correlation between physical fitness and emotional health so I, that became my drug of choice, if you like, in physical fitness. Well, yeah, good choice. It's, I mean, it's the keystone habit because it, it just leads to, you know, better eating, better sleeping. It's it just there's so many flow-on benefits and, you know, obviously looking good, but the emotional health. And I, I still I still struggle to see why gyms don't, you know, there's always a beautiful girl or boy on the poster, but, you know, not a – mindfulness uh, guru there <laughs> well, i don't know maybe it doesn't sell but it's definitely a huge benefit <laughs> i see absolutely I, I think if i had regularly had, had caught on to this 20 years ago i may not have had the burnout it, it's actually that crucial 
Yeah, because it. I was doing something for me. It was. It wasn't just getting fit and and the emotional health byproduct. I was actually doing something for me three times a week and paying someone to do something for me. I hadn't done that for years. Yeah. I, I'd done everything for everybody else through my job and then come home and serve the family. And, and whether I did it well or not is another question, but I, that was my motivation and, and felt the pressure of that. I had hardly I'd forgotten how to do things for me. Yeah. So, so physical fitness became a cornerstone for me. It may not work for everybody, but for me it was really important to starting to regain some self-respect and I actually doing something for me and it's good and I feel good and it's helping me to think and and to to work to work on me. Then I began to do some personal development courses, which again I hadn't done for years. I, I was helping all sorts of other people with their life. So working on on making sure I wasn't in, in any way a victim, taking responsibility for every area of my life, working out how to do that learning and growing i did some executive coaching courses uh, with the life coaching base to that and that was as much therapy as it was training yeah. initially and then it became a useful it's a useful tool in in my what i do now and, and just then build, rebuilding relationships rebuilding connections and and then rebuilding my focus on what i want to do because the real pastoring a church was good and that my faith in god is Still strong, and I had to work through that too. But I, the core of what I liked about being a pastor was helping people and releasing potential in people. The average age of our church is twenty-four, which is not the picture of most churches out there. Yeah, wow. Uh, so we had lots of young people, huge youth group, lots of young adults, and we focused a lot on mentoring and encouraging people to the, to discover their purpose in life and go for it. And that's what I love to do. So I'm doing that in a different way now, out of the church environment, in the, in the workplace environment. But it's kind of a similar thing. But it's motivated by a desire to help people avoid the pain of hurting their life by getting things totally out of balance yep. where the, to the point where they're hurting themselves or hurting people they love by pursuing a career or a passion or a business passion or whatever it is. So this is where I came to really think and work on the whole concept of how you integrate work with life. Yeah. So I don't believe in work-life balance. I actually yeah. don't think it's real. You corrected me I, I uh, think... before this show started, <laughs> so I, was, uh, I wasn't going to mention it, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, written, I've written a book actually called Integrate, and, and the, the subtitle is Why Work-Life Balance is a Myth and What You Really Need to Create a Fulfilling Lifestyle. And for me, for passionate people, and, and most high achievers in their work life are, are passionate about being successful, about their chosen career or the business they're trying to build. It, it may not be the technical side of it, but they want to be successful. There's a drivenness. And, a, and, a, and any time you're passionate, it throws you out of balance. Right. Because you're going to be thinking about it in your, in your idle moments. Yeah. It consumes you in a health, and it's not unhealthy automatically you're not automatically a workaholic yeah but work-life balance as a concept it sort of means you work hard when you're at work and when you leave work you're supposed to forget about it otherwise you're a workaholic there's something wrong with you if you if, if you're out out to dinner and the conversation lulls and there's three or four people and you find your mind wandering off to some business problem 
you're made to feel guilty mm. about that, but it's actually not not a bad thing necessarily. You've just got to learn how to manage it so your relationships stay strong, so you're looking after your health, look after your parents, your children, or whoever the whoever is in your world. So to me, it's far more about integration rather than balance. So balance is a, what is it? it's like a, a seesaw. How do you how do you get them equal or right? There's times where you've got to work really hard for two or three weeks and everything's out of balance. As long as you don't do it for six months or two mm-hmm. years, then you can focus back on your family or focus back on you might put all your energy into something you do with your, your kid's sporting team. That might be where you're out of balance for a, a few yeah. weeks in a football season or something. But that's not a bad thing. Yeah. And then you get what I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely. But, I think it, So to me yeah. – we we often Go on. I think yeah sometimes the balance is where we're oh, well, the idea or concept of the balance is where we've we've just been so far well you mentioned sort of two weeks or you know let's say it's three three months four months six months where we're working long hours and we're sort of getting to that burnout stage I mean what advice would you have for it sort of that naturally flows into one of my structure questions around let's say you are um, in that predicament where um you know you feel like things are not quite level you know what could they do around integrating some habits around integrating the two work life and your personal life i find these days a lot of people that i work with haven't ever sat down and mapped out what is their life and what isn't their life it's like we we want to say yes to everything We, we don't want to cut off options we've got this fomo this fear of missing out so there's a whole lot of factors playing into it. So one of the exercises I get people to do early on is we do a mud map or a mind map, uh, lots of circles. What, what are the areas of responsibility that you carry? And people think their job or their maybe their marriage or they've got some responsibility in a sporting club or a church or a community group. But, but there's actually responsibility you carry for your health, for your friends mm-hmm. and keep maintaining friendships. Or looking if you've got a house or a property, looking after the yard. You've got wealth creation strategies. That the responsibility. You, you don't want just to cash flow and spend it all. You want to actually be building something for for your long term. So that I get people to map out across their life all the different areas of responsibility, and it's amazing. How some people have done it, but not a lot of people actually have never done this before. And they're amazed at all the things in their life. It's like, oh, okay, I didn't realize I did all this stuff. Mm. But they know they're busy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and they know there's a lot on. And then a friend says, oh, Saturday night, I've got a party on, you want to come? And they, their instinct is to say yes because they don't want to miss out. Yeah. But there's no planning or structure or thinking ahead a month or two and working out, well, hang on, we've been out three weekends in a row. We actually haven't We've got all this stuff banking up. We've got all these things to do at, ha- at home. We haven't had a real break for a while. It might be better to say no to that one and actually mm. take some time out for you, for ourselves. So it's it's learning how what is your world, mapping it, defining it, working what's in it, what is precious, what's really important, and then putting some boundaries there. Brené Brown's one of my favorite uh authors and and speakers and she she writes a lot about vulnerability and about uh she she talks about respect self-respect and it's about setting some boundaries on your world and 
what's in and what's out. Learning how to say no to some stuff that's actually not really that important. Right. And it's, it's not essential to who you are and where you're headed in life. If you're going to be a high achiever, you, you want to attain a lot of things, you, you, you gather responsibility. You go up the chain in, of command in a corporate situation or your business grows and you, you gather all this responsibility and you've got to learn how to manage that mm. and manage yourself so that you've got capacity for that. You don't want, to, you don't want your, all of the responsibility starting to crush your capacity and then you're useless at home or your, your health goes, you, know, you don't look after your health or you, your parents have a crisis and you haven't got any energy or time to help them. Because as you get older, you like my mum now is my dad died two years ago, and my mum is in aged care and got dementia, and needs I see her every week. Whereas for years I see her every three weeks or every month or two, yeah, <laughs> or they lived in another town for a lot. You've got to be able to look at what's important right now and be able to whatever season you're in, put energy into that, and that means whatever you say yes to means you're saying no. You have to say no to something. So if you're going to respect yourself and the life that you're building, you've got to put some boundaries on it, some parameters on it. So yeah, so just on the you know respecting yourself, you mentioned sort of before we started recording or having a chat, and you're talking about how that's the first step in I guess integrating any kind of balance. Do you want to maybe elaborate a bit more on that? Yeah. Yes, in the I've written a book as I mentioned, and in that I, I lay out this this is my thesis. To me. Work-life balance, integration, how, whatever you want to call it, making your life work <laughs> and work well, it, it actually doesn't start by being more organized or by learning time management stuff and, and just fitting more in. That, that's the self-management side of things. That, that to me is important that you, you get as skilled as you can and use the technology that's available. But to me, there's two things that come before that. And I've got a model like, to me, it starts with self-respect, and and that's about knowing who you are, knowing your strengths, and working with them, knowing your weaknesses, and actually accepting them and being okay that there's some things you're not good at, and it's okay. Being becoming comfortable in your own skin, and being being good with that. I think I was deep down, I didn't respect myself. I was a bit insecure, so I would buy in too much to the needs of others and be a bit driven to try and help people more than they really needed or more than I could give and and wanting to please people a bit too much. So would, I didn't say no enough to some things and I, I by saying yes to that, I was saying no to looking after me and looking after my family. The core of that is not poor management. The, the core of that is actually a lack of self-respect. I didn't, I didn't have the confidence... I didn't work on myself enough to build the confidence to actually say, no, this is this is who I am. This is my strengths. I'm not good at that. Other people can help me with that. I didn't really develop really strongly what my voice is, what, what I stand for and what I don't. I think the more you can do that, the more you, the more you define who you are, the easier it is to say yes to what you're going for and decide what you really want in life. And the easier it is to say no to some things that are kind of good but not not essential, not not great, not not to, at yeah. the heart of who you are and what you want. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like a a good habit to um so <laughs> pick up. It it sounds like you've you've consciously ha well worked through because you mentioned before about um 
yeah, the areas being your health and friends and you know, sometimes you, you don't really think of that and you make the decisions consciously whether to go out for the fourth, what was it, the fourth weekend in a row or that you yeah. consciously um, mapping things out. So just in terms of habits, you know, yes. looking looking on your way through, I guess, the experiences you've just talked through, any any habits that you'd want to share that, that have really benefited you? I know you mentioned the you started growing through both, you know, the gym sessions and also the personal development. But yes. Do you, want to, do you want to share with the listeners some, what we say, your habits or other habits that you've found beneficial? Yeah, habits related to fitness and, and diet. I'm careful and, and look after my body. It's a, I think they're good habits to get into. I look after my mind. I don't have much trouble sleeping because I, I, you know, I know how to know how to relax now. I've developed routines, uh, good routines in the morning, like to start the day, which involved getting up earlier than I used to when I was younger <laughs> and taking some time for me doing some stretches and exercises, listening to a podcast or, or spending some time thinking on a positive, you know, sometimes a Bible thing because I'm a Christian. Sometimes it's a podcast or a TED Talk or something, just feeding myself things that feed my, feed my, my mind in a healthy way. And plan. I, I'm good. At, I have habits around planning, setting annual goals, quarterly plans, which I review monthly, weekly, and at the end of each day, I've got my next day planned. So I'm, I'm pretty organised, not in a pedantic way. Like there's room for flexibility, but uh, I'm well organised. And I also leave margins. Like this afternoon, after after we finish this this time. I've had a busy week, so the rest of rest of my afternoon I've given it off. So I'm just I'm just going to go and hit some golf balls and and uh, get a massage and and relax a bit because <laughs> well, I can well, and I know I need to look after me. I'll try not to go over, <laughs> so I'm not uh, I'm not keeping you away from the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh great! That's and, a so maybe driving range today. Just on, but, oh cool! Just on your planning habits. You know, are you categorizing that as well in terms of, you know, ensuring you're getting that, that balance? Like, uh, what are you planning? Is it financial? Is it like, how, what sort of categories have you? I do across my life. My wife and I do this together and we, we, we both run businesses, but we sit down together and, and set goals for the year. We do that in about October for the year ahead. And then we, uh, we, then we do a 90 day plan. So come up, come up to Christmas, we'll put the, the nine-day plan in for the first quarter. We work with the tax quarters and do that. At the end of each quarter, we have a, a week off and we have three weeks off at Christmas. So we're being business owners, we can take six weeks a year. So we find that structure works. And then every week, every fourth weekend, we have a long weekend. So we, we've got structure to help us make sure we're looking after ourselves we're resting. doesn't mean on the holiday, on that week off, we, we probably do a bit of business planning. We do a bit of business thinking because we, we, we're driven about what we do. But we, we do it in a nice place and we're looking after ourselves and eating good food and, and seeing nice things and traveling a bit and doing things we like to do. Yeah. So that, there's a structure, a rhythm to the way we build our life. I call it the rhythm of life. Yeah. And, and we know what works for us. If we work for seven weeks, really intensely because both of us work hard we, but if we work for seven weeks really intensely we're too tired at the end of that to enjoy we need a weekend a longer weekend for, at four weeks 
and we've learned that over the years. And I've, I've married again, by the way. So I, my, I told earlier I, had, I separated from my wife. I did divorce, and I've got a, I've been married now for six years to uh, to Joe. And yeah, we, we've learned how to work this together in a way that's really, really constructive and creative. So we're both building successful businesses, but we're building a great lifestyle yeah. all at the same time. It's clearly which um, is what I believe. Very planned, like I can hear. Oh, you know, I need a holiday or something like that because you know one's on the horizon. Well, you can tell me when your next one is and what it is, and you probably already totally. got it booked. So it's kind of totally and you, paid for. Yeah, fantastic. So, <laughs> gives you peace of mind. First thing that goes in our calendar, David. The first yeah. thing that goes in our calendar <laughs> is our holidays. Great. <laughs> so, so in October, we, we've already already got our holidays for the year planned for the year ahead. Yeah. And if they're in first, it's like look, Stephen Covey talked about the big rocks. Yeah. You put your big rocks in the jar first, then all the other stuff can fit around it. And for us, one of the big rocks is our holidays. Yeah. And making making that work, and then business appointments and everything else fits around it. Yeah, fantastic. So that's so, a habit. Yeah, you, you mentioned so there's, there's that author, and you also mentioned Brene Brown. It was, mm-hmm. and I'll also link to your book as well. And um, did you mm-hmm. want to talk through that? And maybe if there's another book you'd recommend, probably in this sort of um, similar genre of integration and work life and the challenges. Yes, yes. So in my book, my book's available on my website. It's it's out in bookstores somewhat through Janice Jones Distributors, and it's on Kindle if you go to Amazon. Integrate John Drury. Another book that's that's fantastic. In this area is a book by a guy called Tony Crabb. He's an English psychologist. He's got a book called Busy, How to Thrive in a World of Too Much Busy. Right. I found that book, every single chapter, really helpful. So Tony Crabb, C-R-A-B-B-E. Yeah, great. um, Yeah, I'll I'll definitely link to, to both your book, Integrate, and also Tony's book as well on the Mentalist website. So, yeah, everyone can hop on there and um, go and get a good read and get some uh, balance into their lives because, Lord <laughs> knows, we could all use some. <laughs> yes. I mean, you obviously, you know, done a lot of research. Is there sort of, is there anything to look out for? Like, should we be more mindful of, you know, work-life integration around, I don't know, a certain time of the year or, like, uh, are, there red, are there red flags or something that you see in your consulting that are like, Let's 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 uh, take a break and have a look. Like, is there things that just that just if we're seeing that in our day to day that we should you know mm. give you a call or I don't know reassess? Yep. I've come to believe, and my nothing nothing so far in the research or in my experience has just makes me want to change this. I, I believe most, even up to ninety percent of the issues that are, that are going to undermine your business career. Or your business, if you're running a small business or in corporate career, the things that are going to undermine and sabotage your business career, most of them are going to come from neglected areas in your personal life. Right. Okay. And that's not taught. We do business plans, but we don't do life plans. I think we should do business plans in the context of life plans. In fact, I run a planning day once a quarter, and it's a whole of life planning. We do business and life together. And, and have the next quarter sorted out and uh, do a re- two-day retreat actually in January where we where we uh, go away for two days and 
build a master plan for your life for the next 12 months right and get the, and get the next quarter really sorted so that to me if if there's things if you feel like you're hitting the wall emotionally you're not relaxing well you're not sleeping well they're the, usually the canaries in the coal mine yeah there's conflict more than you want or are used to yeah you're tired and not able to replenish uh, they're the sort of things yeah <laughs> oh, well, yeah thanks for sharing that well if you yeah if you're listening in and that's sort of resonating with you then might be time to sign up to the gym and think about some, some planning and uh, just planning i just add something to that yeah sure because i know there's a lot of concern now around depression and anxiety issues mental health issues and some of those are deeply rooted and, and chemically based but i think Sometimes our work is making us sick, and our lack a lack of a capacity to manage the, and integrate work with life is actually part of what's causing the anxiety and causing an underlying anxiety, and and then that can lead to a flatness and a, a sense of being out of control. So, I I think if these kind of issues really help you in those kind of it won't solve every mental health issue, <laughs> yeah. but it it it's a factor. So if you're struggling with anxiety or depression, some of this, once, once you get yourself to a place of equilibrium and where you can think about stuff clearly, some of this would really help prevent that and deal with that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, so I guess just maybe moving, I guess, onto a quote. So if there's a quote mm-hmm. that you've come across that you wanted to share with the listeners, that would be great. So many. <laughs> one, one that I've chosen. John, John Maxwell's one of my favorite authors as well. He's a leadership writer and, and speaker in, from the States. He says, you'll never change your life until you change something you do daily. The secret of your success is found in your daily routine. I've found that to be very powerful for me because all the planning in the world doesn't change much. You've got to act on it. Uh, then you've got to learn how to build a routine so that you can make you know, take life forward and focus on the things you really want to focus on to make your life work yeah fantastic yeah you're i guess you're a a living example of this quote some of the new habits you've picked up after the um yeah after you've sort of hit rock bottom and and that was the help to come through it's certainly powerful for me yes (laughs) yeah well okay so um yeah thank you very much for um yeah coming on today and chatting chatting to the listeners as i said i mean it's such an interesting topic and one we all you know it's not like you can conquer it. It's just a continuous thing that's always around mm-hmm. unless you're lucky enough to not have to work and then you'd have all sorts of other lovely challenges <laughs> <Yes>. so, <laughs> what to do with yourself. Yes. So, yeah, the, for the listeners that are listening in and they're, um, you know, they're enjoying what you're saying and they're resonating, how, how would they go about contacting you and who should they be and what should they contact you about? Okay. My website is johndrury.biz. Drury spelled D-R-U-R-Y, biz, B-I-Z. And my my email is on the website, john, john at johndrury.biz. If you wanted to talk about how to make your life work, I, I mentor business executives. I've got a three-month kind of fortnightly sessions that we do to help you really map, map out what's going on in your world and take charge of your world. Uh, set a good direction and plan for your future. I, I can do that one on one, or I can do that through some of these planning days or retreats that I do. Mm. 
also if you're a business owner listening to this uh, I, I work with business owners all over Australia to help you grow your business help you move the weight of your business from the you to your team and make sure that you get a life as well as have a successful business uh, that's profitable and that so you, you can buy back time buy back a day a week at least into your life yeah and build a team so you can actually have some holidays sometime <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Great. All right. Well, yeah. Th- thanks again, John, for um, yeah, sharing with the listeners today, and um, yeah, especially you know your personal story there, and an honest sort of reflection, and for sharing that for the benefit of you know our learning and, and growth. So yeah, appreciate appreciate your time today, and yeah, thanks thanks again. My pleasure, David. Great talking to you. Thank you for listening to The Mentor List with your host, David Lewis. If you like what you're hearing on The Mentor List, the best way to support the show is to take just a few seconds to leave a rating and comment over on iTunes. You can also find further information about this show and links to further episodes at www.mentorlist.com.au. Until next time, this is The Mentor List.